You're listening to episode 47 brought to you by RX Bars. For 25% off your first order and free shipping, go to rxbars.com lovely. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely, the podcast for real moms who are seeking Jesus, trying to live their roles well, and working to add a little bit more loveliness to their life, even in just the little moments. I'm your host, Mackenzie Monroe from BoldTurquoise.com and CultivatingTheLovely.com. And girls, there's so many fun things going on with the Cultivating the Lovely community right now. I was so excited to see how many people were actively talking about last week's crunchiness episode with Aaron Odom. It was so much fun to have that interaction in the Facebook group, and we've had a lot more going on Instagram. So if you want to get in on those discussions and you haven't been yet, then be sure to go to our Facebook group, which you can just search Cultivating the Lovely, and on Instagram, you can find me at Bold Turquoise. Something else that's been super active and a ton of fun has been our brand new Patreon community. We just launched it on the 1st of January, and we've already got this great core group of women who are working together to seek more loveliness in their lives this coming year. We are working on self-care and homemaking goals. We have challenges every day and discussion going on about them. Plus, we've got mini podcast episodes, videos, and all kinds of fun things. If you guys haven't checked out everything that we have offered on the Patreon, Patreon account, then you've got to go to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. We've got so many fun topics coming up in the coming year. A lot of people are really excited for our makeup month, which is coming up in March. We're going to be talking about wardrobe. We're going to be talking about rest and we're going to be talking about prepping for a brand new year. We've got themes all year long, all laid out with fun principles and things to take you every step of the way. So like I said, if you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to head over to patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely. All right, but let's get on with this episode because I'm super excited to have Cindy Rollins here talking with me today. I loved reading her books last summer. I've talked about them on social media and I finally was able to have her on the show and really just get to chat with her and dive into her books. Also, I wanted to mention this is one of a couple of parking lot podcasts that have happened for the month of January. So if the sound is a little bit off in places, that's because Cindy was gracious enough to pull over and record this podcast with me when she was on her way home in the middle of a road trip. So thank you, Cindy. And with that, let's get on with the show. Welcome, Cindy. Hello. It's so nice to be here. I am so excited to have you. I read your books last summer and I talked about them a little bit on social media and I had so many moms who were telling me, you have got to get Cindy on the show because they read your books and they just love them as much as I did. And I want to dive into a little bit more about these books in a second. But for those people who don't know who you are, would you mind introducing yourself and just kind of what you do? Not at all. My name is Cindy Rollins. I have been speaking and writing and uh, the Circe Institute has kind of given me a little bit of a platform. I I homeschooled. I have nine children and I homeschooled them mostly through all their years of school um, my youngest is at school, but um, everybody else graduated from our homeschool. Awesome. And I have eight boys and one daughter, and I have 10 grandchildren at this point. Yeah. yeah. And now I teach other people's children. I homeschool other people's children at this point, which is also very fun. That's awesome. I wish you lived closer. 
this. Uh, yeah. uh, take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I had had uh, that. Uh, you know, there is a career out there for aging homeschool moms. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think more moms who've been through the trenches need to step up to that career because a lot of yeah. us could use it for sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, kind of, I just, I loved your books. I think they were some of the most refreshing homeschool and it's not just even strictly homeschool books because mere motherhood is kind of a memoir right but I just loved how honest you were because I I gotta be truthful when I first heard that this book was out and I kind of knew who you were I was like she's super conservative it's like I'm sure it's gonna be good but is it sometimes it's like all roses and candy corn and you're like ah. But within the first few pages, you said motherhood hurts like hell. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I love her. (laughs) I'm totally in with this book (laughs) because you were so real about it. And I just I love that you drew us into not just the pretty pictures of what motherhood looked like, but the reality of it and God's grace through all of it. And I just thought that was so inspiring and that you really emphasized that not only does God love our kids, but he loves us too and that he has plans for us too. Yes, yes. And that's so important to remember um, because we can get all caught up in um, kind of manipulating uh, uh, the situations in life. You know, mm-hmm. as a mother, we do do a little bit of manipulating because that's really the nature of it. And we can kind of get in this role of, kind of get lost in this godlike role yeah. and forget that we really belong to the Lord mm-hmm. and the control we have is, is so much less than we think it is. Yeah. Um, and thankfully so. Thankfully, yes, that's the case. Yeah. It turns out that's a good thing and not a bad thing. Yeah. But I did have a friend. I said, yeah, my kids sometimes have said, oh, you're, you're, you're manipulative. And my friend said, who grew up in a large family, she said, well, that's kind of part of the job description. You really can't herd, you know, nine kids without some yeah. sort of manipulation going on with For everybody's sure. mood. And so I really grabbed onto that. I thought, yeah, that's not so bad. I, You know, sometimes you have to manipulate. And sometimes um, you have to bribe. Too, yes, you do. You do what that's one of your tools. You use it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I found that as I've had more more kids by my fourth one I think I've been way more likely to bribe her (laughs) just please do what I need you to do go to bed or whatever it is yeah you become um, good at reading people and um, using that information yeah (laughs) and you have to you have to be able to kind of look at um, you know it's no fun as a mom when you get broadsided by somebody's mood it's nice to kind of see it coming Uh uh-oh you know Oh, no now we're gonna have you know, to know it's with. obvious in those moments yeah we you know but but we actually become really good at seeing those moments even when they're not so obvious as you know I just gave them they just ate a whole candy bar and they didn't have a nap yeah yeah absolutely or even just things I know recently with one of my kids it's like I kind of knew the situation we were going into he was gonna be in a mood and I because I knew that going in I could prepare my own reactions And so when I was driving him around in the car, I just carried on this whole ridiculous conversation with myself. Hey, look at those lights. Look at that. This is what I've been up to. (laughs) And he he was kind of like stewing in the backseat. But eventually it was like, oh, my gosh, mom's just so ridiculous. Okay, fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, and I call that being impervious, and I, I've talked a lot about that, but that was one of my famous words, and I, I just talked on another uh, podcast with um, Misty Winkler and oh, yeah, I know Brandy Vinsel, and we talked, and the whole podcast was on that word, mom being impervious, so you just gave a perfect example of how mom, how moms can, can control things by not, you know, falling apart at every mood that yeah. the child has. Yeah, and we will have to link to that episode with Misty and Brandy because they've both been on the show and I just love them. So that would be fun. Yeah, they're good girls. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. Misty lives not too far from me either. Right, so, that's yeah. right. You, there's a lot of people out there in the West yeah. Coast and, and Brandy's out there somewhere too. Yeah, I think not she is. in Washington. Yeah, right. Somewhere over here. Okay, so one of the things that I really loved about your book, I mean, it's one of those books... I hold up there with like Own Your Life and I really like Kat Lee's new book I've talked about, Hello Mornings. And this is kind of one of those for me that I always keep not too far from me because I highlighted so many things and wrote so many notes in the margins. And it was one of those books I knew I would just want to be able to have as a resource to keep coming back to. And then, of course, your handbook to morning time, it's super short and concise, but is invaluable. And I feel the same way about both of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, they kind of go hand in hand. They're really, if, yeah. if you, you know, I wanted Mere Motherhood to have a broader audience than just a homeschooling, the homeschooling mom mm-hmm. in a way. So I didn't want to bog it down with just total homeschooling stuff. But the handbook kind of um, gives the extra information that, uh, you know, the nitty gritty that a homeschool mom might want to use. Yeah, I think it's just one of those resources. It's just so awesome to have at your fingertips just for ideas for hymns and poems and kind of the structure that you guys worked out your days, I think. And it's so small, it doesn't feel overwhelming, where I think especially a lot of Charlotte Mason volumes and books written about yes. her philosophy can feel that way. Yes, it, it gives, it's kind of like, I hope that it gives people a picture of what it might look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that then that you can apply it any way you want, you can shift it around, you can do what you want. But sometimes if we don't have a picture, we just kind of fall flat and just feel hopeless. Yeah. And I think you did a really good job of that. And then when you mix that together with mere motherhood and you see how it really kind of played out in your guys's lives and even kind of that ending perspective that some things that you guys, you know, didn't hit really hard on, you still were able to instill that knowledge into your kids just by doing morning time that was so encouraging yeah that that really saved our homeschool I always say that but it really did especially having a large family and you know just having a lot you know a lot of interruptions Mm -hmm. one baby you know pregnant moving nursing you know sickness um, yeah uh, morning time kept us on at least having um, some some routine and that really really made up you know as I say it really added up over the long haul we are going to take a quick break right now because I want to tell you about this week's brand new podcast sponsor rx bars specifically rx bar kids now if you aren't familiar with rx bar they're basically a whole food protein bar and that just means that they're made with 100% whole ingredients they tell you right on the front of the label the main ingredients that they're using things like egg whites, dates, nuts, there's no refined sugars and all that kind of thing. And then if you turn it around, it's got all the littler things that really make the texture and taste what it is. 100% real cacao, coconut, and other yummy ingredients that they throw in there. There's no fillers, additives, chemicals. They're real whole food ingredients and they actually taste better than all those other bars that are out there on the market. 
especially the kids' bars. I was really excited to be able to pair up with RX Bar because it can be so hard to find decent snacks for my kids. Now I've got a wide range of ages of my kids. They go all the way from three to 11 and they have very differing tastes and it's really difficult to find a snack that they will one, all eat, that two, isn't horrible for them and that can be used in replacement of a meal, say if we've got to have breakfast on the go or somebody's hungry when we're at a practice, specifically like when my three-year-old is at dance, she wants something fast that isn't going to be ridiculously messy and I want something that's good for her. RX Bar Kids has three awesome flavors, chocolate chip, apple cinnamon raisin, and berry blast, and they don't have gluten, soy, dairy, or any other bad stuff. My three-year-old can't keep her hands off of them. In fact, I had to hide them above the refrigerator to try to keep her grubby little hands from getting as many bars as she could possibly fit in her mouth. My kids really love these bars, and I love that I can trust what's in them. If you'd like to give RX Bars a try with your kids, then you can go to rxbar.com forward slash lovely and you will get 25% off a sample box and free shipping. It's a great deal for bars that both you and your kids are going to love. So run over there and give it a try today. If someone's feeling overwhelmed by their homeschool or wanting to have more of those relational aspects or, you know, not knowing what morning time can look like or just needing more freedom in their homeschool, I think that these are like the best books <laughs> that they can pick up because you really do show how that long distance perspective really did work in the end. Right, right. I think yeah, that's well, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that that's what people, that's what I wanted people to take out of it. And mm -hmm. I, I certainly didn't want it to be a burden. I didn't want it to feel burdensome to anybody. I just wanted to say, well, here, if you just kind of chug away yeah. <laughs> a little bit at a time, um, in the end, you will have something. You, the key is, you know, just don't give up. Just keep, yeah. keep plug, chug, 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 well, <laughs> slow I, and steady. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so easy for homeschool moms to burn out, especially when there's yes. so much curriculum and so much many opportunities and all these things and we feel like we're having to do all of the things and it can just feel so overwhelming but when you can really distill it down to something like morning time and then add in you know the few other things that your kids need it just makes it feel more doable yes I think I, I think there's just so many ideas out there and when we when we think of, um, if we took everything like we did in morning time, which we do in very short periods of time, maybe 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And we said, Oh, we're going to have this grand curriculum based on classical music, or we're going to have a grand curriculum based on art study yeah. or a grand curriculum for our poetry. Well, suddenly now you can't do all that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just overwhelming and, and people have some wonderful ideas out there. And there are seasons when you can say, well, let's just do this poetry curriculum or let's just do this, mm -hmm. um, you know, like my, I have the handles Messiah Advent, you know, you can take, yeah, yeah. you can, you can shorten morning time down to handles Messiah at, at, during December and some reading aloud of some yeah. good Christmas books. You don't have to keep, you know, you can, you can switch things up any way you want to, yes. but, um, it's, it's, it can be overwhelming to hear so many great ideas. Yeah. I think this just makes it feel manageable again and not even just for new homeschool moms but for moms who've been in it for a while or 
now you've been in it for a while, but more of your younger kids are needing to be homeschooled too. Like, I think it just gave me so much better perspective heading into our seventh year of homeschooling. It was a really refreshing thing to look at. Well, you do have to be refreshed over the years. You mm-hmm. can't just keep sliding along. It, 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 you definitely hit those, those key years where you need a fresh vision. And in a way, mom is in the school. Yeah. So you've already learned something that you had never learned before, maybe about American history or mm-hmm. Latin or some subject. And then, you know, you kind of check that off your list, but you have to look back at your younger children and think, okay, yeah. <laughs> now I have to keep plugging. I have to do it again with this yeah. child. And it can, it can, you, you do need a fresh vision. Yeah. And I think that your books also, along with giving that vision, you do such a good job of reminding us that it has to be relational. That even when you're doing classical types of things, it's not about the memorizing, it's about the remembering. And you're trying to connect your kids to what is meaningful. That, those takeaways in your books were just so profound, I thought. Well, that's because I thought a lot about that. Over the years, you know, I was caught up in the whole swirl of philosophy and this and that and this Mm -hmm. group and that group. And I really, really thought about it a lot. So I did come to the place where I didn't, where I saw, I started to begin to understand what was going on. And then, like I say, when I read Stratford Caldecott's Beauty in the Word, mm-hmm. it was just like, bingo. Oh, everything made sense then. That's what I was thinking, but I couldn't say quiet. And he got that. And and, um, you know, all of a sudden I knew I didn't like rote memorization of say, you know, the yeah. bones in the body or uh, these strange things that we can get our three-year-old or four-year-old to do. And, 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 you know, everybody's so impressed. Everybody yeah. is ooing and eyeing with the child. And yet there was just something vacant there, something missing, um, in, in, in what we really wanted for the child. There was no mm-hmm. relationship with the words, um, that, um, they were not they were not in their heart in any way. So, um, so I avoided a lot of that kind of stuff, but I, it was fun. Um, it was fun to, to be able to say, Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. I did something right. Um, I aired on the right side for once. Um, yeah. That, that was fun, to, fun to think about. Yeah. I, it was fun to read about. <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> you shared it with us. So now kind of, there's a lot of moms who are coming off of Christmas break and the holidays, Mm. and we're trying to get back into a routine again, maybe tweaking things from what we were doing in the fall. And I'm just wondering if you have any kind of like best tips for how to get life and school back into a rhythm after the holidays. Yeah, that's a good question because I always found January invigorating. Mm -hmm. Um, The key is the key to January and the rest of the school year is not to give up and not to start thinking about next year. Uh, Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we get halfway through January and we just, just, you know, we just start thinking of the next year. Let's start planning next year. I don't feel good about what's going on now. I I was, everything was great in the fall. And then there was that, you know, the wonderful Christmas break that just knocked us for a loop. Now we're kind of struggling through January and we're really struggling through February so um, let's just think about next year. I, I really like to caution moms not to do that. Um, keep plugging away at this year 
as best you can. Don't, yeah. don't start all over. Don't get a new math program in the middle of February. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a time to do that. There, you know, and that is some of the fun of homeschooling. We can make those decisions, but I would say, be careful, be careful with those, those decisions. If you had a plan for this year, let's follow through it to the best of your ability. Um, mm -hmm. Scale back if you have to. Um, yeah. There are times to scale back. If there's a beautiful day in the middle of the winter, definitely get outside. Don't yeah. don't don't feel like oh I have to have a school day today because um, plug away at it, uh, but don't um, don't be afraid also to take take those days outside. I think it's important yeah. to get outside in the winter. I think if we the more we can do that in the winter the better our frame of mind is going to be. I agree. Because we get, it gets so, oh yeah, it's terribly hard. But often it's not as hard as we think it's going to be. It yeah. feels like it's going to be super hard. But then, now I say that now because I live in the South. <laughs> yeah. Right now as I'm looking at the snowstorm outside my window, I'm like, it feels really hard. <laughs> yeah. When I lived in New Jersey, it was really hard in the winter because every time the kids went out, it meant every single thing they yep. were wearing was soaking wet yep. and they had tons of, you know, coats and underwear, long underwear, and gloves and socks and all of that was wet. And then they come in and then if they want to go back out, then we have to have a whole other set of, um, of those things. And it was daunting. So yeah. I do <laughs> love in Tennessee that we don't have to, one set of mittens is fine, and if we don't have those, we could put socks on our hands because the snow's not going to last very yeah. long. And, um, it, it's it is a little different, but even you know there are great parts of the country where you can get outside in the winter, or you can take even if it's just a short ten minute walk mm -hmm. in the snow, um, get get outside a little bit. Yeah, just something to breathe in that fresh air and just kind of yes. yeah, soak in what, what sun you can see, which is sometimes That's not right. much in my parts. Okay, yeah, and it's hard to live in gloomy places. Yeah. And, and February, I know January, you kind of put up with it a little bit because it's supposed to be winter, but come February, it yeah. starts to get, it, it wears on you. And we're, we're at school, we're reading The Long Winter, the Laura, the Laura Ingalls oh, Wilder yeah. book. And I've read it many times, so... Um, my student doesn't know it's, it's January now and we're still waiting for the train to come and he doesn't know it's not going to come until May spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm still, every time I read that book, I'm like, what are they going to do? How are they going to live until the train comes in May? Um, but, but it's, you know, they, yeah. they made, they made it so we can make right? it. <laughs> That's so true. There have been many times I've thought, well, it was harder for them. Like they somehow, they had a lot more work to do than I did just to survive. So I, yes. guess, I guess I can buck through and my, you know, internet goes down. <laughs> right. You don't have to twist hay and you don't have to grind yes. um, wheat in the coffee grinder. So exactly. it should be okay. <laughs> So do you have any other tips for during the winter when you are cooped up, especially with like a lot of little boys, how, how to get through those months? Well, I hope that it really helps if they, if they have purpose and they have yeah. chores. I always say, don't, boys don't like to do something just to do it. So mm -hmm. it's not good to just say, oh, do this for no reason. Yeah. But any chore, doing the dishes, um, mopping the floor. Um, they can folding laundry. They they can do purposeful work, and I mm -hmm. and, and they can do girl chores and boy chores. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. There really is no line of of 
demarcation as far as um, chores. Yeah. We all, you know, their chores are for everybody. It doesn't matter um, what your gender is. So, or, um, so, so yeah, I would make sure they did that. Of course, boys love to do the manly chopping wood, that sort of thing. Yeah. If you have any chores like that, they truly, truly love those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes it much easier to get them to do it and, and, and with a good attitude because it just, it just feels important to chop yeah. wood and your fam- that your family is going to burn. But most families, honestly, that's, that's kind of an idyllic situation. Um, it's not something we all have that, mm-hmm. that ability to to send our boys outside to chop some wood. Yeah. Um, but though that anything like that is fantastic. But any any exercise they can do, take them to if you can find a gym. I mean, you don't have to sign up for um, sports, but if you did have access to a little gym where they could run around, throw throw basketball, just just yeah. get out in the gym, that would be great or a barn if you have a barn then send them out there, but yeah. Um any kind of physical activity that you can do with your boys is going to take some pressure off of everyone. Wear them out. Yes. Those are helpful, helpful things. Wear them out. I know because my boys are in basketball, but that gets done mid January and around here. We're like, we still have so much winter left last year. We still had snow in the beginning of April. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. it feels like a long haul. Yes, yes. So, right. So you kind of have to be more proactive Mm -hmm. um, when you, when you, and and you really can't, I mean, we can expect our children to behave, but we really do need to make sure that we're finding physical outlets for them in some way. If we want, if we want to make it through the winter with, without with the least amount of frustration because really at that point if the boy has is boiling up with energy you know he's going to pull the pigtail whatever whatever incarnation we have of that in in our culture yeah (laughs) um but that's what he's going to do he's just going to go cause mischief somewhere he's going to trip his brother when he walks by he's going to you know he's just going to create havoc um with that energy. So, um, I, it's frustrating, you know, and it really is hard to realize that we do have to be proactive about those things Mm -hmm. that they don't take care of themselves. Yeah. Sometimes we'll take my boys to the wire. There's even like a, a new trampoline park that they put in. Oh, wow. That will wear them out quick. (laughs) So that's, that's a fun one. Yeah. They have around here climbing parks, Mm -hmm. like little so I'm sure they have that in a lot of places. Yeah. That's a good, those are good ideas. And I, I, sadly, most of that stuff costs money. So yeah. for some families, that's not really possible. And I guess those are the families they're going to have to put on their coats and go yeah. take a walk. Yeah. And I think also there's so many opportunities I've seen, even just over the last couple of years, if you're on like a Facebook board that's local homeschoolers because sometimes they'll contact some of those companies or gyms and get like discounted homeschool days. I know with our trampoline park, they do that like on Tuesday afternoons, it's half price or whatever, which can make it a lot more manageable, especially if you're taking quite a few children. Yes. Yeah. Even going to the like bowling or somewhere like that, someplace like that or skate ice, uh, roller skating Mm -hmm. or ice skating. Yeah. Um, those are things that, um, you, you can do. And I mean, I'm not saying, um, I just think in the winter we just get so, um, 
it's great to have good books to read and and I I like to use the winter as a time to get a lot of reading done yeah. and I like my I liked my kids to feel that way also like yeah. oh this is great this is January this is when we get to read the most because mm-hmm. we can't there's not we don't have a lot of other options so so I guess the key would be be careful that you don't um, in your desperation pull out too many electronics let yeah. if there's dead time you know, don't be afraid of that. Um, don't be afraid to let your children get bored. Um, yeah. so they pick up a book. Um, if they don't have options, they will, um, fill them with, um, with books. Um, if, if we, you know, if they know mm-hmm. that they can have an electronic time, if they drive you crazy, then, yeah. then they're going to drive you crazy. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And that's a, a good point. Like, eliminating other options will just drive them to having to read which yeah yeah (laughs) yep I like that especially if you do kind of create that atmosphere where it's like cozy and we have blankets and even make hot cocoa like make it an inviting thing for them to want to do yeah I laugh because we used to have hot chocolate with marshmallows all the time and the other day my husband was saying we haven't had hot chocolate in a while and I thought you know the kids are kind of grown up and that mm-hmm. that was a part of our everyday life. Of course, it had a it has a lot of calories, so that's you know <laughs> I I didn't need to be drinking it, but it was always so tempting to join yeah. in with everybody. Now I stick with less caloric hot drinks. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I think it's it's still a fun thing, and you can partake in it every once in a while, just as you know, a little a little treat. That's right. That's yep. right. <laughs> so you've talked a lot about, and it, from kind of talking with you, you said you've thought a lot about kind of. When you end up moving past motherhood, and I know you reflect a lot in mere motherhood about the time you had with your kids that you'd wish, even though you were with them, you wish you'd like heard them more and that sort of thing, which I think is a good reminder to all of us moms, especially in in the midst of social media and all those kinds of things. But do you want to talk a little bit about moving past those years where you're really centered on the kids as they're kind of growing and and then how that even shapes you yeah it's really a rough transition and I'm not one to have I'm not I'm not a person that got all freaked out about oh I'm 40 or I'm 50 or you know Mm -hmm. um but it is a rough transition when when you're surrounded by children and then one by one and suddenly um, I try to look back at other people I've known in different stages of their life. And I, when I feel like, oh, this is so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, this Christmas, we're only going to have two kids at our house. Everybody has their own families. Three wow. of them live on the West Coast. And, of course, they're not going to travel to our house to open their children. I mean, you don't travel to your parents' house. I didn't travel to my parents' house very often mm-hmm. um, on Christmas morning. Yeah. So, I mean, I can go to anybody's house and open presents with them, but I still have kids at home. So, so I, I thought one of these days, you know, I'm going to wake up and it's just going to be my husband and me during Christmas. And, and I, I'm, and I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, that I don't, part of me is like horrified at that thought. And part of me is intrigued by it. Well, what a peaceful morning. Yeah. <laughs> I can actually listen to the Messiah and worship the Lord and, um, you know, not have all these interruptions. And yet it just kind of hits you sideways. But I yeah. think I'm really learning to just accept um, the season of life that I'm in. No season is permanent, even yeah. um, an extended period of mothering, which seems permanent, but we live long lives now. Um, we're yeah. not 
you know, we're not living, um, we're not dying in our early sixties very often. And we're, we're living, um, eighties, nineties. And that's an extended period of time after your children are, um, grown up. My mother has great grandchildren yeah, and, um, she's still, you know, just a lady and just a nice lady yeah, <laughs> and, and she's already past her mothering years and her daughter is already in her late fifties, you know? So, yeah. um, it's just very having, it's just, you just have to come to the point where you just take a deep breath and you say, this is good. This mm-hmm. is my life now. And I, you, it's not bad that it's not the life you used to live. Um, when yeah. you first get married, you don't have children and you live a certain kind of life. And, you know, it, it's it's daunting when you have that first baby and now everything is just drastically changed. Yeah. And on the other end, that's kind of how it is also. All of a sudden there's a drastic change for something that went on for years and years and years. In my case, I became a mother 34 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm still a mother but it's yeah. just a new, new kind of mothering um, that yeah. takes place. So I'm just trying to give into it. I'm trying to accept it for what it is and not, not be too sad about the past because that's just the cycle of life that God's yeah. created. And um, it's not something to feel like there's something wrong. Yeah. That my kids all grew up. Yeah. <laughs> because it does. It feels like what happened? They all, where are they? Yeah. But that was that was the end goal. It's just hard when it's been different for so long when you've always had. Yeah. 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 Well, and like you were saying, also, like God had things for you on the other side of that season where now you're teaching other kids and there you still have roles that you're filling. It is amazing what God can do. And and, and I I actually say this on my podcast this um, in December. I said it, but moms are we I came to homeschooling and I was drawn to it because of my own ignorance um I I was I I was like oh my goodness I didn't know this and I Mm -hmm. start wanting to learn so I I was my kids were in my homeschool maybe 12 13 14 15 years depending on you know if you count from when they were first born to Mm -hmm. when they graduated from high school say 18 years but I was in my homeschool 34 years. Yeah. So, and, I, and now I'm still homeschooling. So I'm still learning through that medium. And I've had this incredible education mm-hmm. because of homeschooling. Yeah. So you could, so in a way, sometimes I forget that my kids don't know as much as, I mean, this sounds really arrogant. I don't mean it the way <laughs> it's sounding, but my, all of my kids don't know as much as I know from sure. homeschooling. They know from other things because they also are lifelong learners and, and all of them have pursued learning on their own. So I've never had to, I've never looked at one of my kids and said, Oh, you're, 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 you've given up. You're not trying to learn, you know, no matter what they've done in life, they've all continued to have an attitude of, of learning. That's awesome. Um, but still I forget sometimes that everybody didn't learn. We didn't all learn exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Sometimes I wish because I have that same thing that you're describing, like we're learning something and I get so excited about it because I'm like, I never knew this and we're learning it in so much deeper of a way. But my kids are just like, we're just getting through it. And it's like, I remember having 
that perspective about school like I just have to learn it because I need to learn it instead of being excited like oh this is so interesting and sometimes I think that just comes with age some things you're just not going to be as interested in until you're older and you get you see more of that broad scope of why it even mattered that the founding fathers and you're modeling yeah you're modeling to them what it's like to be excited about learning even if they aren't learning what you you know what you wish they were learning you know you you are modeling something that they will take with them yeah I think that's a really good point and I think that's a good place to kind of wrap things up because we're we're kind of coming to that end that there there are good things in our future and we're in this stage but life is constantly changing and that's a good thing yes amen (laughs) yes So how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life right now? Yeah, I was thinking about that. And um, one of the things that I'm most excited about in my life now is prayer. Hmm. And I know that I don't like to give answers like that that sound too precious (laughs) or too, too. But I really have enjoyed getting, having time. Well, I've just seen how big God is. Mm-hmm. And, and mothering does throw you into this quarry where you're like, oh my goodness, this is super deep. And then you find out how big God really is. And, um, it's, it's just been, so I've just developed more and more of this feeling like, oh, you know, I want to be that, I want to be in, in an attitude of prayer much more, mm-hmm. um, than, I, and I have the time and I have the quietness. You could say there's yeah. nobody, when I'm driving my car, there's nobody going, mom, mom, mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> no. it's, I can, I can do that. So I really, truly, that is one ministry that I want, um, to encourage. And it's also when we look at our culture and we, we can just feel so super overwhelmed mm-hmm. that I just think what well, we don't have to be because we do have prayer. Yeah. So that's where I kind of am right now. And that's the most lovely thing I really think um, I'm trying to cultivate. Oh, that's a good one. I really like that. I currently have been thinking a lot about like how I can be just more more on top of things in 2018 and be more reflective and one of the things I decided to do this year to cultivate loveliness is instead of just using a planner like I normally would to actually do some bullet journaling and Mm. at the end of my day like not only planning my next day but looking back over what I've done just to kind of process what all is going on and feel like my brain isn't so scattered and hectic. And so yes, that's something that I'm really enjoying kind of cultivating that practice and making it a habit and a routine. And so do you do that at the end of the day? You Yeah. Of... Yeah. I try to plan out what I'm doing the next day, like kind of create my, my page for the next day, but then even just even jot a few notes about things the kids said or things we were doing or how I'm feeling about certain things. It, it doesn't have to be like, cause I'm really bad at just like long form journaling. I could never make right, a habit right. of that, but just making a few little bullet pointed notes, even just doing that helps me to kind of just clear my head before I go to bed. And it's, that's something that's just really helping me right now to, to process life. 
I think that's excellent. It's neat that you said you write down the things the kids say because um, you you know you're, you 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 don't you don't think you'll forget them, but you will. <laughs> yeah, you do so much. Even just, I mean, my oldest is only eleven, but one of them reminded me of something that one of the other kids said the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, like there, I I totally forgot that you did that when you were little. And mm-hmm. if you don't make notes of those things, you just you can't hold on to all of them. <laughs> No, it does help. So that, well, that's a great habit. And I guess, do you think it make you make it prettier each, like, are you learning how to do, does it become more and more lovely as you kind of catch on how to do that? Yeah, well, I've kind of done that with my planners for a long time. People who, who know the show know that I like a pretty planner and I like to, you know, add stickers or whatever, but this is kind of like, I add little things in as I go, but I'm trying to not get too caught up in trying to make it as visually appealing as I want it to be just so that I can right. make sure that I keep the practice going. And if so I, there's definitely substance there, right? Yeah. And if I'm able to, to add in those lovely touches as I get it down more, that will be wonderful. And I will love that. But I want to just establish like that core of I'm going to do this and process things before I try to complicate it, <laughs> which I could do oh, very fun. easily. <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's good. All right, so are you ready for my stock questions? Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> candles or essential oil diffuser? Oh, easy candles. <laughs> All right. Cloth napkins or paper? Honestly, paper. Okay. City or country? Country. Okay. Paper or digital? Oh, I'm really, that's hard for me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say paper. Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? Online. All right. Especially with how many kids you had. I bet you wish there was more shopping options a few well, years back. I just back. sent a package to my son in Washington, and I usually do Amazon Prime, but it's so impersonal. Yeah. But then when I assembled my own package, it was $40 to mail oh, it. So it's so painful. I'm like, well, I could have bought them something else, but yeah. it's nice to do it, per- have a personal thing too. But yeah. anyway. Well, I agree. I enjoy some online shopping. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? I would listen to an audiobook. Okay. What are some of your I'm... favorite audiobooks you've listened to in the last year or so? Um, I've listened to, oh boy, my brain. I actually am going through the whole Archangel uh, Shakespeare series right now so I wanted to do it it's going to take me two years to get through all of it I wanted to do it in one year but I didn't have time so um I I love several of those plays Henry V is wonderful Henry IV is wonderful Hmm. um I just got through those I love I love the Tempest um all of those Archangel Shakespeare audio recordings are wonderful so I'm I'm enjoying those cool okay chocolate do you prefer milk or dark I feel guilty, but I I like milk chocolate better. Okay. Sports or no sports? I'm a sports girl. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Oh, watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Um, oh boy. I really like a movie. One of one of my, this is one of my favorites. I'll just say this is I really like this movie called A Good Year. Okay. It's got Russell Crowe, and it's just about a guy who goes to Italy, and uh, or is it France? It's probably I think it's France, but anyway, I haven't seen it in a while. But it's just one of those movies that if I just had to sit down and only watch it, a movie, I, I would probably pick that. Okay. 
So if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum and zero is totally not cr- crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, <laughs> where would you be on the crunchiness spectrum? I would be wildly swinging back and forth, but uh, I'll okay. say in the right, right smack in the middle. All right. That's a great answer. I love that you said that there is a pendulum to being crunchy. Yeah. I think there really is. Well, yeah. it was so fun to have you on the show, Cindy. Thank you so much for making time in this busy holiday season to meet with me. Well, thank you for asking me. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thanks. Well, that's it for this week's episode. You can find all the show notes at boldturquoise.com forward slash 47. And be sure that you go join our Facebook group by searching Cultivating the Lovely. Find me on Instagram at boldturquoise. I would love to connect with you there. And of course, check out our Patreon account because there's so much going on. A great community of women who really take things to the next level of loveliness. So go to patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely. All right, ladies, that's it. But until next week, because again, remember, this is a weekly show now. Go be bold and gracious.